All right, Jeff, I'm loaded over here. Well, I load. I got something that I want to dig into that we've touched on over and over here and there, but I want to. I, I just think it's one of the most important things to understand as a believer. So I'm just kind of preparing you. Okay, I've got one uh, thing before you get into that. Go ahead. All right. And okay. Off the, well, we'll um, let my let we'll my thank daughter introduce Thank you for introduces. listening to the Fields Brothers Show. All right, Jeff, you're on for the intro, man. See what you got. Well, welcome to the Fields Brothers Show podcast. I am Jeff Fields. I'm here with my brother, Roger. We're coming to you from Central Kentucky, and we enjoy getting together from time to time to talk about um, just the incredible good news of, of what Jesus Christ has done, what God has done through Jesus Christ, and how he has brought light into our world of darkness and enabled us to see um, see the, the blessings that and the love of God with that. So... Um, the Fields Brothers Retreat. So, Roger, I want to mention that real quick so I don't, because I'll forget, and I've been forgetting the last few weeks. So, we are planning on having, I don't know if we call it a Fields Brothers Retreat or a Fields Brother Retreat, because you're probably not going to be there. But if you want to get down, I mean, seriously, if you want to come down just for a day or something, yeah. if you, if you might, end up with a I long might. day, you know, I'm it's not, only I'm about not three, ruling this out. I'm it's only about sure. three hours away, but it'll be yeah. November 7th, 8th, and 9th. That's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It'll be in the Smoky Mountain area of Tennessee, a little south of Knoxville, around the uh, Seymour. It's kind of in between Knoxville and Pigeon Forge, Gantlinburg. Um, Phelan Daughtry, um, our favorite Irish pastor, and honestly, it's the only Irish pastor that we he's know. He's also a golfer, right? Since he's <laughs> I, I don't know. He does listen to our podcast, so be careful what you say. <laughs> Here. I, honestly, I thought about asking him. You know, there is a couple nice golf courses did, down did, there. Didn't, uh, did golf come from Ireland or Scotland? Scotland? I think Scotland, Scotland but okay. close by. Yeah. So All he right. may. You know, it wouldn't Neck surprise me woods. if it does, but I don't okay. know. But anyway, um, Phelan's going to be joining us. So we're going to be there uh, Tuesday evening, November 7th. Um, then on the Wednesday the 8th, and then we'll wrap it up Thursday morning on the 9th. That Wednesday afternoon will probably be a free open time for people to go in. There's plenty of tourist stuff within 30 minutes of there. Um, so kind of four different gatherings, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Wednesday night, Thursday morning. You know, it's not a formal com- uh, conference. We'll be in someone's home. Uh, someone built a home there and is graciously uh, uh, retired couples living there, and they built it kind of to use for this type of thing. And so um, folks will need to get their own hotel accommodations nearby but if you're interested and some people have already i've I've got contact i've had people contact me from canada from california um north carolina i think um alabama i mean a lot of different areas so what should they do if they want email me so if anyone's interested because we have and sometime i was going to ask you if you could create something that we could share on facebook some little post or something some your graphic stuff and all that um so email me at uh, jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com. That is our email address, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Jeff at thefieldsbrothers.com. Mm-hmm. And and I'm keeping record of who has contacted me. There's no cost to this other than your own cost of getting there and hotels and all that. Um, not sure how we're going to handle the food. That's yet to there's be no determined. There's no registration fee. And there's no group fee. If, no. you get, if like six or more people, you get a discount. And there's no early bird thing. No if early bird. Okay. There's nothing. Okay. Well, okay, we'll say that. If you, re- if you let me know before... Um, June 1st, there's zero cost. Uh, after that, the cost go, is doubled. Let's put okay, it that we're way. Gonna okay? We're going right. to double we'll that zero, zero cost. Okay. So, All right. But email me, and then I will email you the uh, the address of okay. where we're going to be. And you know, I am hoping to kind of have an idea of who's going to show. You know, The risk of no money up front is that people say they're going to come and then just don't come. Yeah, right. But there's So no. I want people to be pretty on, and, and I'll touch base with everyone You know, the last few weeks to kind of get – 
a sense of okay, who is really different going to show up? Make point. people still RSVP. But, um, they got to let you know, you know, or they don't. Yeah, know. but even so, anyway, so out, um, yeah. we don't have an official right. title for the retreat or anything like that in terms of some theme, and, and it's not going to be formal teaching so much. I think you know, Phelan will be sharing what's on his heart, and, and I'll share some things, but it'll be yeah. largely a conversational type of. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. Time. I think Phelan's great, so, and I uh, love his stuff. So I may, I may. Have and now that I told you he listened to our podcast, you say no. That. I still, I, I watch, <laughs> I was just, I like, the, like a lot of his Facebook posts. Yeah. And uh, so, okay, all right. What do you got now? All right. Well, anyway, you know. One of the things that keeps coming back to me, and I read, a, I shouldn't probably do this, but I read a lot of posts from a lot of different Christian groups and, you know, theologies and all that. And one of the things that I do believe, um, I believe there's a couple of, let me say this, I believe there's a couple of just paradigm shifts that if you make these, it makes Scripture easier to understand. And one of them is, I think, the dynamic between life before the cross, life after the cross. We talked about that, how the language has changed, and once you get past the cross, it's all about being in Christ, which before that it was mostly about following Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, just so many things change. And so when you understand that, and the book of Hebrews makes this very clear, that you don't have a new covenant until you have the death of the one who left the, the inheritance. Mm-hmm. And so that's the cross. So I think that's important. The other one, I do believe, and at first, you know, I didn't, I did I I saw this, but I didn't think, I don't think I saw it the way I see it now. And that is the fact that I believe to correctly interpret Scripture, you have to understand that the, the phrase, the Word of God, is talking about Jesus and, I would say, what he did for us. Yeah, the message of the gospel or now, the message of Christ. The message of Christ. Now, let me go through a couple of things and tell you, I'm going to tell you why I think this is important. Okay, First of all, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the word even then was not a book. Uh, right. we, then we see in, in John 1.14, the word became flesh. The word didn't become papyrus, parchment, or paper. Um, we get um, in 1 John 1, uh, verses 2 and 3, we touched and handled the word of life. You know, mm-hmm. That was a person. That was Jesus. They weren't handling a book around? They weren't, weren't passing a oh, book around. Hmm, okay. And when Jesus comes back, Jeff, in Revelation 19... It says, he himself, he is clothed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name by which he is called is what? The, the Word, Word of yeah. God. Yeah, I kind of forgot about that verse. I was familiar his, with all those others. His name just, is the Word of God yeah. when he comes back. <laughs> That's I a mean, good point, yeah. And then you have First Peter. We've talked about First Peter 1, 23 and 24, where it says, you know, that you're born again by the imperishable Word of God, the living and abiding Word. All flesh is like grass. His, fl- his glory is like the flower of grass. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that we preach mm. to you, which makes a lot more sense to say that the word is the gospel that endures forever. Because forever, you know, we're a part of God because of what he did for us. I don't think we're going to have a book in heaven. I don't think we're going to be reading through the book of Ecclesiastes. No, I could be wrong about that. But what <laughs> abides forever is the gospel. You don't okay? think You don't think uh, Paul's going to be leading, okay, everybody, saying, this month we're going through turn, turn Romans. Ephesians chapter 2, and we're, you know, I don't think so, you know? Okay. And then when you get to Colossians, to me this, this unfolds in an amazing way. Colossians chapter 1. In verse 25, it says, We have become a minister according to the stewardship from God uh, that he has given to you to make the word of God fully known, the mystery hidden for ages and generations now revealed to the saints. So what's been revealed? It's the gospel. To him, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are 
are the riches of his glory in this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. What was revealed is Christ in you. It wasn't the Bible per se. Now, let me just say, I believe the Bible's all from God. It's all inspired. It's all true. It's all scripture inspired of God. I believe that's scripture, 2 Timothy. I believe scripture. I love scripture. This is not to take away from scripture. This is really to make a distinction so that when you read the term word of God, it makes more sense. Now, let me get, go a couple more things. Now, I want to get your input, okay? Just give me a little. I need to take notes because I've yeah. thought of a few things, but I'll forget about them if I don't well, okay. take notes here. Yeah, all right. Well, let me get one other thing in, then I will go. But, you know, in Acts uh, chapter 6, is the word of God continue to increase. So what does that mean? The gospel increased. It's not like the Bible increased. They oh, never, I thought it was they had more copies and no, more languages more, no. that the printing presses were really ranked up, cranked and, up. And doing you're that. wrong, oh, not Okay. No, right. and Acts 12, verse 24, it says the word word of God increased and multiplied. What does that mean? You yeah. know, the yeah. gospel. Okay, now go ahead and then add a couple more things. Well, when you mentioned John um, 1, that really hit me several years ago. I've probably shared this before. You know, there, there's, and I think you're this way, that there are certain insights or truths that come to us from time to time. We kind of like a direct download from the Spirit of God that we didn't read in a book. We didn't yeah. hear somebody else say it in a sermon. We didn't listen to it on a podcast. It's kind of like, God opens our eyes to something. That was that way for me with John 1, when I realized and the Word became flesh. And it's like, whoa, the Word is Jesus. He's a person. The, Jesus, Jesus became, right. the, the, right. you know, the Son of God became right. flesh. He didn't, right. you know, it's not a book became flesh. And, and that really did, did strike me at that point. And the other thought is that, and we've mentioned this before, but Jesus and Paul, or all the New Testament writers, whenever they refer to the Hebrew Scriptures, they always say, it is written, or uh, Moses and the prophets, or in that verse you quoted, all Scripture is given. They never use the phrase, say, the Word of God. And the word Scripture okay. means script, which means it written. Means writings. Right, it means it writings. means writings, right. yeah. Never one time does the Bible mm-hmm. ever say, referring to another Scripture and the Word right. of God says. right. Right. Not once. And so the word is, an, you know, we think, okay, what's that mean then? Well, the word is an expression, a communication. It's, it's, it's who God is. So Jesus is the expression of who God is. Well, and, 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 and it's who he is and what he's done, I would say, because right. when it says yeah. that it's the good news, okay? But so, so, so then when you get to scriptures like this, okay, uh, we take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So what does the spirit use either as his weapon or to do a work. It's the gospel. Yeah. It's, the, it's not like it's the entire Bible. Uh, when you get um, Hebrews 4, verse 12, the word of God is living, it is active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's what the good news does inside of you. So but, cut to the heart, it wasn't. So the genealogies... Don't really cut yeah. you to the heart, or in the Old Testament, where they're numbering the tribes of Israel, how many were in this tribe? That doesn't really cut no. you to the heart. No, <laughs> see what we we have kind of said in children's ministry. We've been really guilty of this. You know, we talk about and that's you know, where you have your a lot of sword. Yeah, your sword is your Bible. You yeah. know, and when they would look up sword drills, sword drills. Sword drill. Yeah, look up yeah. Bible verses and all that. But when you say that they, so when we would say the sword, the Word of God, thinking it was a book. Is sharper than any two-edged sword, pierces the division of soul and spirit. We would say, well, the Bible really gets you, boy. It'll really tell you where you're wrong, cut you up, slice you open, and it's really that's kind of what we implied. But when you say the word of God is the good news of Jesus, it just gets down inside of you. The good news just gets in between, you know, it says joints and marrow, 
discerns thoughts and intents not to judge you. Yeah. It's good news that just gets inside of you as you take it in more deeply. So that Ephesians 6, is that the one the ones you read, the armor of God, yeah. you know, which uh-huh. is the, yeah. the sword of the Spirit, which right. is the Word of God? So, yeah, it's not. So, the Spirit, so think about this, though. In this scripture, it's very clear that the Spirit has a, we'll say at least a tool. The tool mm-hmm. is the Word of God. What's the Spirit's tool? Is The Spirit's tool is the gospel. The yeah, good to re- news. To reveal, the verse in Corinthians, to reveal the things that God has given us and that yeah. he's given to us yeah. in Christ. So, that, so. But what the Spirit uses is the gospel. If you don't, and I would say it even like this, if you don't grasp the good news of the gospel, what Jesus has fully paid for for you is finished work of redemption on the cross, that takes away a tool or, or you know, of, of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to do a work. Now, so... Then, so I think then when you start to read about Scripture, even in the Old Testament where it talks about the Word of God, I think those are, a lot of those are prophetic mm-hmm. towards the gospel. But even when I read Jesus talk about his parable of the sower, and I don't think it's so much a parable of um, salvation as it is a parable of fruit-bearing. And so when he says there's four kinds of soils, there's one where it gets stolen, it's hard, it just doesn't sink in, the devil steals it, they don't believe it. We don't believe the gospel, we don't believe that. Number two, there's just no root. There's people who just superficially just don't really take in deeply. I've got some thoughts when you're done about the sower and all that. So go ahead. This is my last point on this. And there's people who get it choked out who just don't, you know, it's just not that they just let other things get in the way of the gospel. But the people who take the gospel in deeply don't let it get choked out. They just produce fruit. Things happen in their lives. Their lives become productive Mm -hmm. because they took in the word, and I believe in the context of the Bible, that means the gospel. You take it in deeply, and just things happen. Fruit gets produced. All right, go ahead. Well, on that parable of the sower, and I've not done a lot of study on this, but I heard someone, I don't know, several months ago, and I can't remember if I mentioned this podcast or not, that kind of gave me a little bit new perspective on that is a couple things. For one, that sower is really careless. I mean, it's like he has all the seed in the world. Mm -hmm. He just, I mean, who goes throws and seed just on the path? You know who who plant? I mean, yeah. who who plants seed that way? Yeah. He, he throws it on the rocky soil. He throws it in the. I mean, he's just throwing seeds everywhere, like he's got <laughs> an endless supply of seeds, and they're there. So that's interesting, I think, and I'll come back to that. But then the other thing is, you know, I used to see that as okay. Those are four separate people. So you know, Bob's this one, Mary's that one, Henry's this one, and Susan's that one. Now I think every one of us may be all four of those. Yeah, those you, are. You know, those are progressions, and and that shows, and what's encouraging about that, that's the persistence and the patience of God. Well, see, I think it would be either one. There. I think some people At never get times, past, never, well, I think some people never yep. get past the path thing. They just they just never do, except yeah, the gospel. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's people like that. But but the idea that the persistence of God and the patience of God and in our lives, you know, things, and yeah. it's not even... And I think we it kind of just now occurred to me. It, it's it's not necessarily even all yes or nay on Jesus Christ, you know. So yes, we believe in Jesus, but I think we would both say that there are aspects of who Christ is that we see now that we did not see twenty years ago. Oh yeah. So in, in yeah. that regard, we can kind of be both at the exact same time, you know. So some areas, yeah, we've seen and the seed is produced, but there's other areas that just right over our head that we haven't seen yet, and so. But I, I, you know, it, it it shows the goodness of God. I think of, of Christ as the sower in that. Yeah, and I, I agree. But you know, going back to my thing, I think that you know I, I hear so much on Facebook about well, you know, you just don't 
if you just don't accept the word of God, which means if yeah. you don't accept my interpretation of this Bible verse, you're rejecting the word and you're probably not going yeah. to heaven because yeah. you don't ex- agree with my angle on whatever this verse is in Galatians or Ephesians or someplace. The other thing I was going to point out, you mentioned right the first about the, that the old covenant, new covenant, the cross. And one thing I think it's worth us pointing out from time to time, and we've mentioned it before, that the 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 new covenant is older than the old covenant in, in some regard. That the you know Jesus is a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. Those verses you point out in Ephesians one, you know, chosen before the foundation of the world and all that. So it wasn't that it was a it wasn't a plan B or you know, it wasn't okay we're going to try plan A the old covenant oops that didn't work let's go to plan B it's not that right. you know the new covenant was the plan from the very beginning grace was there all along and you know Moses didn't show up in the law till quite a bit later and you know Jesus is the Lamb of God not the bull or the goat of God which was part of the old covenant he was the Lamb of God that was the deliver you know that indicated the deliverance from Israel. And I, I read this. I hadn't, this hadn't dawned on me the other day that Jesus was crucified not on um, Yom Kippur, on but, Passover. but on Passover. Yeah, that is interesting. And so that you know, is a great point. So that I just read like, that last night. I forgot who. Let who me tell you how we have so messed up. And all, most every Bible college is guilty of this. First of all, we've said the first five books of the of what we call the Old Testament are the books of law. They're not. <laughs> that first of all, wrong. Yeah, I Genesis, Genesis is yeah. pre-law. It's That's pre-Old true. Testament. Genesis is pre, not pre-Old an Covenant. Old Testament book. True. That's a good point. It's a yeah. before the Old Testament. Now, when you get Old Testament, so then you take the next um, 38 books that we've called the Old Testament. Then you tack on the first four Gospels, which they are Old Testament books. You have the or next the, 42 the books. Yeah. We, we got in trouble that one time when we talked about tearing out the page in between yeah, the you got Testaments. in trouble. I, know, I, was, I thought that, that really offended <laughs> that me. That was, too. by the way, that's been <laughs> one of our most listened to podcasts, by the but way. Yeah. It, is not, it is not true. It is not biblical, no way, shape, or form, that the first 39 books of your Bible are Old Testament yeah. books and the last 27 are New Testament books, even though the translators and the Bible printers and publishers have put that page in there. The Old Testament is the Old Covenant started with Moses. It That's did true, not yeah. start in the Garden of Eden. A lot of us in the, in the grace teachers are focused on the cross being, or when the Old Covenant ended. Well, I haven't, not a lot of people talk about when it started yeah. and point out what you're saying. The yeah. Genesis was before. Yeah, That's why I, a lot of people, and I, and I kind of try to do this myself sometimes, refer to it as the Hebrew Scriptures. Yeah. The well, first 39 books is the Hebrew yeah, no, Scriptures. Yeah, I agree with that. There, yeah. so. But like, that's why I think Paul uses Abraham as an oh, yeah. example of faith exactly. because he was before the law. So he exactly. was saying to them, look, Abraham was doing pretty well with God. He was right with God, and he didn't even know the law. He didn't have the law. And that righteousness, we talked about a few weeks ago, Abraham believed God and it was credited him as righteousness. That was before yeah. any law had been broken. But, but we just regard, said, well, so. it's books. You know, Old Testament, these books. Yeah. New Testament, these books. You know, we, And it completely misses it. So really what you've got is the, the writings of, the, of the, the, the Hebrew Scriptures, the last 38 books, are books that include the law and writings under the mm-hmm. law. So the law, the prophets, they wrote under that in that framework. Plus the four gospels. It says Jesus was born under the law. The law didn't change when he became born. We didn't get the new covenant then. Um, the new covenant came in after the cross. It says there has to be the death of a testor. So it says in Hebrews, that's when we get the new covenant. So really the new covenant writings are not the last 27 books, but really the last, what, 23 books. Yeah, true. So those are written under. Now, those aren't the New Covenant. 
They aren't the new covenant, but they're right. written under that in that framework. The new okay, covenant in that says, framework, yeah. is, is not written on tablets of stone. The Bible is very clear. The new covenant is written in your heart. The new covenant, the old covenant was written down on stone and tablets and parchment. The new covenant is written in your heart. And we serve not in the old way, the written covenant, in the new way, the spirit. Right. Romans 7, right. verse 6. I think. Now, I think one thing that's worth pointing out is that um, there is a lot of the gospel and the new covenant that is um, mentioned in those Hebrew scriptures, even oh. in the old covenant. Too, well, yeah, we're built on so the foundation there. of the apostles and the prophets. And those yeah. Old Testament prophets, oh, yeah, a lot of it was prophetic you know, about what was coming. God laid on him the iniquity oh, yeah. of his all. Oh, yeah. And, you I know, think Earth, Psalm 23 or, is really Psalm 23. Oh, yeah. The, or Psalm 22, obviously, yeah, is the message right. you know, with the cross there. Right. And then 23, the, but then also... Um, Psalm 32 that, that Paul quotes in Romans about blessed is he whose sins are forgiven to whom the Lord yes. will not impute iniquity yes. and all yes. that. So that is definitely new covenant grace teaching, but it's, it's cloaked. You know, yeah. it's it oftentimes they use the phrase, you know, it's concealed in the Hebrew scriptures. It's revealed in right. Christ in right. the new Testament. So, so we're not saying there's nothing in there worth reading or anything no, no, like no. that. It's just saying that it's, it was under the, in the, within the framework of that. And, but even then you know, he was writing to people who lived under the law to show them, I think, what the gospel was about, that they were going to be eventually, they were going to be beneficiaries of, mm-hmm. even though they would die before the new covenant. Would yeah, come into place. I mean, some of the New Testament verses talk about some of those didn't even know what they were writing about, right. you know, that right. they didn't see that. You know, that, that's an advantage we have, that we see what, what was not yet revealed. But we them, have so Christ confused people. I mean, no wonder people are confused. You know, well, that's your first 39 books of the Old Testament. Well, that's not even true right out of the gate, mm-hmm. you know? And then, so anyway, we've just made it. We just made notice one more thing. We've just made two different written codes. We have a 39 book written code, and then we have a 27 book written code, and we've just kind of mixed them together. And, and basically, you just got to believe the Bible, Jeff. You got to believe the whole Bible, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's, you know, that's. It's like, we've said it before. It's like if you get sick, just pull anything out of the medicine cabinet. Don't yeah. pull what, you know, right. just Doesn't any matter. medicine will get through there, but, which is not true, of course. Um, one little thing, not a lot of time here but I, or, uh, on this, but I, and it kind of fits a little bit. I thought that's a real good quote. Um, a guy named Gil Hodges, which has a uh, Facebook deal, and I met him at the retreat. Oh, he was a baseball player. We're a baseball I, player. I think there was a, I think the manager, I think there was a manager. Well, he probably played too, but I, he was Gil pretty well known. Okay. I think, uh, and I, I never asked him if he's connected to him or named after him or what. But anyway, he, on one of his, um, Facebook deals had a guest named Tommy Miller, which I'm not really familiar, but just this quote. He says, I think you'll like this. Contradiction is the birthplace of revelation. So we think about scripture yeah. and understanding the gospel. Contradiction is the birthplace of revelation. When you, I mean, there's so many scriptures that under the mixed law framework don't agree with each other. Mm-hmm. And we just kind of slightly, you know, don't think, but all so of a sudden, when, when we start yeah. acknowledging, okay, yes, the way I'm believing it, there's a contradiction there. Yeah. So when you when you acknowledge that, that's the birthplace of revelation, and then all of a sudden, oh, the cross did make a difference. That's when you know things. Are I revealed. kind of agree with you that. Yeah. So contradiction is the birthplace of revelation. So I just think we we have done such a great job of helping Christians go around in circles. You know, we just teach contradictory stuff, and we and we. But a lot of people have learned to live with the contradictions. Mm-hmm. You, I'm forgiven, but I'm not really forgiven. Jesus died for my sins, but but if I keep sinning, then maybe He didn't. Or if you then, you know if you forgive others, then God will forgive you. Yeah, and yeah. then wait a minute, I'm supposed to forgive others as God has forgiven me. Yeah. Okay, that's a contradiction. Yeah, and right. just acknowledge it and realize, okay, maybe there's something you haven't right. seen yet that God yeah. wants to reveal to you. Yeah. Why why that contradiction yeah. is there? Maybe the cross did make a difference there. Right. 
right? So one of the things that I, I kind of hope for for our listeners is that they can, um, you know, we can help them through or remedy some of their spiritual frustration and just some of the going around in circles all the time trying to get you know, one day where we feel like we're accepted by God. The other day, well, we didn't live up to God's expectations, so we're not really accepted. We're out of fellowship. We're maybe going to heaven, maybe accepted. I don't know, but we're not really in fellowship. I mean, all this stuff just cripples Christians. Our wording is is interesting at times. It reminds me, I had this jotted down. I don't know if you saw, so Liz does relate to that in terms of how we word things at all. You know, the... Um, just a day or two ago from when we're recording this, the um, the SpaceX um, rocket exploded. Yeah. Did you see that? Yeah. Did you see the phrase that, yeah, that, that Elon great. Musk? Yeah, go ahead. That's, that's so it, you know, it launches, it goes up, and it explodes. Now, the real, what they want to do is to get it launched. And so evidently, it wasn't a total failure because yeah. you know the launching was the real. And it did get launched up in the air, but then it totally exploded. And he de- he described it as rapid, unscheduled disassembly. Rapid, unscheduled. That's great. I was relieved when I heard that. I thought it just blew up we or something. Blew you know, up. No, no, no. <laughs> it was a rapid, no, unscheduled disassembly. So maybe, yeah, wording can be, can cloak things or, oh. you know, we can get, uh, you know, that is, we, you know, that verse in, I can't remember if I mentioned this lady in, lately, First Second Timothy, those who argue over words. Yeah. It really is easy to argue within Christian circles over words yeah. and lose sight of the, of the picture of Christ with that that can be described in various ways not the words are not important but you know we can we can argue too much about words yeah we can argue too much i think sometimes some words or some definitions i think do bring clarity yeah and sometimes it's just for the sake of arguing you know so anyway well i'll um tease you here a little bit and early this morning i think i may have a working title for another book Oh, and I'll do the writing on this. I'll do the writing. You don't have to write any of it. I might ask you to lay some of it out, and it's not happening real soon, so it may never happen. But anyway, I, I may mention that next podcast if I remember. You have a title for it, you title. say? Possibly, yeah. Working title. You're not going to go ahead and just lay it out there now? Well, okay, I, I can. So, I mean, because it kind of, honestly, I see it as a prequel. To breaking the hex. A prequel. Through other book, uh, if we so like Star this, Wars, we don't have to do things exactly. in order. You know, right. we can just or, kind of skip all around. Like, you know, the the play Wicked not came that I'm out. A Star you know, Wars fan because I'm not. You know, but anyway, anyway, I just so you know our first book, our, our only book right now, breaking the hex, life with God after the cross killed religion. Um, this would be shattering the darkness, life with God after the manger exposed religion. Holy moly! What a long title. Uh, well, I mean. Ours is pretty long if you read it all. You know, our first one, instead of breaking the all hex, right. it's shattering the darkness. Shattering the darkness. There. Instead of life with God after the cross killed religion, it's life with God after the manger exposed religion. So it's the idea, you have a totally confused okay. look no, on your I face. You. I think but the I'm idea of the incarnation, yeah. I have greatly underestimated the significance of the incarnation. You mentioned earlier, the word became flesh and what that means, that he bore our sin his entire life yeah. and that he came on earth to bring light to the darkness I mean, the, the, the key verse is John 12, 46. This is going to be the longest outro we've ever had. Yeah. John 12, 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. He shattered the darkness. You know, it's interesting that the announcement to the shepherds came when? At night. The angels appeared at night to the shepherds. Light was coming into the darkness. The world was in darkness and light was coming in and Jesus was exposing, he was shattering the darkness Mm-hmm. and exposed religion religion is all wrong this is who god is 
Anyway, we'll wrap it You're up. You're laying all this on me on the outro. <laughs> Should you start the music over again, Jeff? No. No, I'm good. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>